This is the Shift Podcast. Today on the Shift Daily Podcast, should airline passengers be allowed to kick their feet up on airplanes? Travel expert Claire Newell walks us through airplane etiquette, partly because we seem to have all forgotten. We go through what you can and cannot do, should or should not do in airplanes, and why some airlines are changing their onboard policies because of it. Get ready for a surprisingly detailed look at hot dogs. Uh, Yep, it happened this weekend on our Facebook group, a big raging debate about what to put on your hot dogs, so we acknowledge you shift heads and your hunger, or maybe good taste or bad taste in hot dog eating, depends on how you look at it. Plus, are you okay with duck hunt and swans? It's a very bird-brained, are you okay with, on the Shift Daily Podcast. This is the Shift Podcast. Travel time. Time to hit the road. Time to go do the travel things. Claire Newell, TravelBestBets.com is here with us. Claire, we wanted to pick your brain. We've seen more and more stories about, you know, these implosions of emotions on airplanes these people that like they lose their mind on a flight they get kicked off all of this stuff We're seeing more and more of it i like to follow on flight radar 24 and the different um travel uh the yyc airplane spotters stuff like that and they you know there's more and more flights that are turning back kicking people off are you seeing this yeah, and I especially saw it during the pandemic because people didn't want to wear masks and people were awful to the the in-flight crew. It was just horrendous. I mean, they're trying to put all sorts of rules in. And because of that, if you are going to behave badly, there is a really good chance you're going to get kicked off, off that airline, airline um, the, the plane itself, but also off the airline. And by that, I mean, you won't be able to fly that airline again. And there's some talk of some uh, coordination between the airlines that they are going to share those lists. They've been hesitant to do that because of privacy issues. But if that actually comes to fruition, then if you've been a bad cookie on a plane uh, on one airline, you may not just be able to go to the next airline uh, to take your next flight. So um, they they have no fly rules for people who are, you know, like terrorists, but this would be a no fly because you're a bad toad. Yeah. And you're a grouch. (laughs) Yeah. Um, No, I mean, it, during the pandemic, it was it was very clear and very obvious when somebody was fight would fight about the mask or whatever. They're like, "Look, the reality is we will drop you off. It's just that simple." Mm-hmm. And um, but now I feel like you got all these people who are desperate to get back on flights, and I feel like it's just kind of like the party is is a little bit heavy before people leave. Well, and on top of that, I also feel that maybe people haven't traveled in a while, and they kind of have forgotten. And I mean, a lot of this stuff is pretty commonplace and obvious for people people who travel like our road warriors and our travel all the time. But I think airplane etiquette, I call it travel jetiquette. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I feel like people forget, like, you know, I had a laptop totally wrecked because I had you know, my, my bad. I had a Diet Coke sitting and I was working in flight and someone just slammed back and reclined their seat. And they, I think there's a, a kind of an unwritten rule that you should make a looking behind you motion and then just recline slowly rather than just yeah. slamming it back. Right. Well, to your point about the Diet Coke is that for me, my laptop screen kind of fits when I open it up inside where the the 
the tray table folds down. And so I've had people do that and they literally slam it back. And what it ends up doing is pinching the, the monitor screen. Yeah. And it would right? destroy like all the, like I pulled it out just in time and it was wedged. Like I just pulled it and it didn't break it. But if I hadn't caught that, it would have bent my monitor screen in half. Then what? You want to talk yeah. about an argument on an airplane, by the way, here's my $2,000 <laughs> laptop. Cause you're a jerk. Yeah. Well, my laptop, by the way, was fried. I couldn't get mm. it working again after that Diet Coke slip, uh, was spilled all over it. Um, so my bad, and I'm kind of prepared for that now. One of the other things that I'm going to ask you, if you know the unwritten rule for armrests, mm. who, which armrest, who gets what? So say there's a bank of three seats, an aisle, a middle, and a window. You tell mm. me. Do you know the rule? Uh, yeah, I would say their only exception to the rule, I'll start there because I believe exit row does not have an armrest on the door side. Sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, you're right. Sometimes it doesn't. So if that's the, that's the only exception to this rule, but if you have an armrest on the outside, then I think you give the middle person the armrest in the middle because A, they're in the middle, poor bugger. B, (laughs) um, they, they don't have access to any armrests. You already have one on the side. You got it. Middle gets both. Exactly yeah, I right. I would agree with that. Um, what do you think about um, the the traveling with kids situation when there's an unruly kid like listening to I don't know something without their their ear pods in or you know mm. ear earplugs in or they're kicking the seat or they're just kind of unruly? Do you say something or do you tell the flight attendant? I tell the flight attendant. I'm. This is what I'm tolerant of. If it is a child that is the and the parent is actively trying to get them settled, like constantly, or yeah. clearly difficult and wrestled that child to get them settled, and if kicking the seat becomes like the only thing that is sort of the fidget, then I can handle that. I can live with that. But if the parent is doing nothing and is basically that careless parent who's like, this is my problem and your problem too because we're on the same plane... I just call the flight attendant. I don't even talk to the parent. Yeah, I I agree. I never talk. You never talk to the parent. Just talk to the flight attendant. That would be the kind of unwritten rule on that. But I'm 100% with you on this. So I understand I've taken kids uh, on flights and sometimes it's horrendous. Like nothing that I try will either calm them down or whatever. But I have personally seen way too many parents just shrug their shoulders or plug in their iPod. Yeah, and and ignore it. And ignore it. Okay. Like letting the kid kick the seat in front of them and play their electronics way too loud. That is where I, I really kind of, I get a little bit antsy. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I, that, that's where the irresponsible parent, my, the problem to me is never the child. Very rarely is it ever the child. If I see a parent, usually I would say this, most parents are petrified when the kid is, they've been so good all day, put them on the airplane, right? Yeah. And I also subscribe to the notion that it takes a village to raise, raise a child. Oh, and if it takes yeah. the guy across the aisle to make goofy faces to get that kid settled and keep him occupied, then I say, yes, you do have a responsibility to participate in a kind way of helping that parent. Okay, I have to tell you a cute story. I was, when I was, I mean, my daughter's 24 now, my son is 21. But when my daughter was around 18 months old, I was taking her on my own without my husband. We were flying just on a short flight, two and a half, three hours from Vancouver to um, Phoenix. And I thought, I can do this, no problem. And I I could not get her to stop crying, no matter mm. what 
I did. I tried the sucky in the mouth. I tried bottles. I tried everything, Shane. And Mm -hmm. this guy beside me, he was an older guy. He may have been a grandpa, but he was obviously experienced. And he said, sweetheart, let me let me just hold her for a minute. Go to the bathroom, calm yourself down. And I started crying. I was so grateful. But when I got off the when I got off the plane, I literally saw my mom and dad and I almost threw my daughter Lauren to them. (laughs) Yeah. Please take this baby away from me. Yeah. Because it's hard. I get it how hard it can be in a flight. It absolutely is. Um, and I've I've seen that too. I mean, <laughs> I flew once, they split <laughs> us up. I was well on the way to Hawaii, me and my two kids. That was crazy. I was oh, so worried, no. but they were great. And um then on the way back from Hawaii, they ended up splitting us up and my daughter was like three. And oh, she no. was on a seat by herself and she was standing up, jumping up and down in the seat, and we were in takeoff. My ex wife gets up. And, and the flight attendants, you need to sit down. And she looked at her and said, you're the one who put a two-year-old sitting by herself. Right? Okay, so that won't happen. Everybody who's listening, yeah. that doesn't happen anymore for free. They'll put your family together if yeah. the kids are of a certain age. But, but nobody would move crazy. either. That was another thing, right? Nobody that's would move weird. on that flight. It was an American oh. airline, and that was the one thing that was different. It was an American airline that we were flying. And wow. So, yeah. So that was a strange one. Nobody would move. But after that episode, people volunteered to move. And so I find that stuff strange. You know, here's one for that I have for you, Claire, about this terrible airplane etiquette. The seat grabbers, when they stand up, they stand oh, yeah. up out of the seat and they grab the seat behind you and then they let go of it. It's like a flipping slingshot. That is so bad. What about the poker? The one who's trying to watch movies and stuff and they poke so hard it keeps banging <laughs> your seat if you're in front of them. Okay, but now I've got, I've got one for you on my my recent travels. I had, first of all, please never go barefoot, okay? It's just disgusting to walk around on an airplane. You don't know if yeah. glasses, but you don't know what's... I had, I you know, I'm in premium economy. I kind of splurged. We were on long-haul flights. A foot... Come up. I was on the. Oh, was on no. The, between it, the armrests? And it, I could see the hair on the guy's toes. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. Don't do that, anybody. If you want, like, and also if you take off your shoes and you're barefoot, like, have a pair of socks or something because it's stinky and it's it's really gross. There I are never, people, they yeah. don't realize how bad their feet smell. <laughs> yeah. They're blind to it. It's gross. Oh, yeah, foot blind. That's wild. I so, but we are seeing more of this stuff. We're seeing this lack of etiquette. Are we being like truly, Claire? I mean, I think we're being too considerate. I mean, th- there's a humanity thing to this that that I really appreciate. But I think we're being way too kind when we say that. Oh yeah, well they haven't traveled in a while, and we should be patient. I, I think we're being too nice because here's why: I've when I was traveling through COVID, and then when things started to open up again, then you know you could see the people who hadn't traveled in a while, and everybody was kind of trying to fake it till you make it, right? Like you can always tell when someone asks for help at the gate. Yeah. Uh, hey, I was wondering if you can uh, help me where uh, gate D eighty five is, and you know, oh yeah, well you've got a 30 minute trolley ride to the other end of the airport you better hurry and and so oh well i could have sworn that d was down at this end nope you see that big yellow (laughs) sign right there that has an arrow with a d on it that's where you're supposed to go and but people people seem to in an airport have this this thought that they have to look like an expert that they can't look bad they can't look like i don't know where i'm going and that's funny to me because wouldn't you just want to enjoy your vacation 
Yeah. Oh, I just one more thing on a plane, though. Like, I like to get back to this plane thing. Just one a couple of things in one of my flights. I was flying from Istanbul through Munich and I was on a Turkish airline. And I feel bad saying this about a a particular airline. It's nothing to do with the airline. It's actually to do with the people that were on board. We weren't even at the gate and people started standing up and the in-flight crew basically just they couldn't even control it like my kids and my husband and I were all looking at each other like this is absolute insanity people because it was it was still going toward the gate and it was stopping and starting you know it kind of breaks a little bit and then people move forward and then luggage falls out it was absolute chaos but to make matters worse they didn't know you know the there's a rule for how you get off of a plane Mm -hmm. which is you go row by row and you go from left to right, like A, B, C, and then D, E, F, and then let row two out. Well, there were people that were back in 25 up by like my row, which I think was like 15. And you could see them trying to run up the aisle and they yeah. weren't, we weren't at the gate yet. It was so heinous. That's so amazing. Hey, you know, one thing yeah. that was nice during COVID now that you say that was they would ask people to stand up only when the other row was gone. Yes. And and at the beginning of COVID travel, people did that. They actually listened. And I was like, yeah. this is amazing. People are listening. Like the first time <laughs> ever. And yeah. then and then all of a sudden uh, that ended and people stopped. But it was like, it, it was never easy to get off an airplane when everyone, you know, the row in front of you gets up. So then you get up, you pack your stuff, they walk away, you walk away. It was smooth. Yeah. But it, that all ended. Exit the plane row by row and just be respectful of each other. And like, like we say, don't hammer the touch uh, screen. Don't pull the seats back. Don't recline too hard. Like don't crowd gates, stack your empty bin. When you're going through security, be prepared for security. Don't ask anyone to watch your stuff. Like there's all these types of things that we can tell people to do. And they seem so straightforward, but I don't know. Every time I go to an airport chain, I see people making similar mistakes. Oh, there was a lady in front of me. Um, and, you know, I don't know, like bringing food. I, I don't know, is it Baby Bell cheese or one of those cheeses that's wrapped in a foil? Oh, I, I don't know if it's Baby like Bell. But... Baby Bells are what in the red wax, but the is ones that the red that wax are, one? There's another the, one. The milk cow one. You know, where the cow. The, I love yeah. those. Yeah, well, so there was a lady that had like three bags full of that and couldn't figure out how it didn't go through the security scanner with all the foil on each individually wrapped cheese. Uh, so I mean, that's funny to me. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) I laugh so hard. The poor lady in front of me, she was like, I got to catch my flight. I'm like, this is what happens in the airport. Yeah. This is what happens. It's the water. Like I see tons of people with water in their bags. That's just like a, I see it every time I go to the airport, regardless of the fact that there's signs absolutely everywhere and people saying, take water out of your bag. Yeah. Yeah. And, but what I, you know, the other day I saw someone and it was like a, really expensive bottle. I think it was like a Gucci perfume or something. And this woman, it was oversized gonzo. Like she couldn't take it with her. She was going through security. So, you know, it's the reminder, you know, if you haven't traveled for a long time, there's so many little things that I guess you get so used to doing uh, when you're traveling a lot and and then people getting back at her. Yeah, or but they people have are a- stupid. You're being too nice, Claire. People are stupid. In the Atlanta <laughs> no. airport, when you go through security, they have a big box of things that you can't take on a plane, a glass box to remind you of things you can't take on a plane. In that right. box is a chainsaw. Like, you, <laughs> that means somebody tried to take a chainsaw as a carry-on on an airplane. Like, so, come on! 
one. I I even I know that I'm allowed to take um, small pairs of scissors or tweezers with blades that are certain length, and I'm so cautious of it. And I still like I I actually choose not to take them because I'm so worried. I I don't want to cause any issues, mm. and and it's also kind of embarrassing at certain airports that people know who I am, especially YVR, and it's like oh there's Claire Newell and she's taking a. <laughs> Yeah, there's the scissors. travel lady. And look at <laughs> <Yeah>. she's in trouble. <laughs> yeah. She's yeah. she's naughty. <laughs> I don't well, want to be the naughty toad. <laughs> it is different everywhere, by the way. Like when I go to Ottawa and back, I mean they're way more strict in Ottawa than they are in Calgary, hands down. Beard balms and, and creams and waxes and those things. Yeah. I've flown from Calgary to Ottawa, no problem. Come back, exact same bag, and they'll take it away in Ottawa. So it is different everywhere you go. I mean, that is yes. worth noting. That's probably not okay that it's different, but it is different everywhere you go. I mean, I went on flights where I had a knife in my backpack from Hawaii and I just like a steak knife, and I, I had it in my backpack for four flights before someone caught it. So I don't know. I feel like there's okay. There's some things here that are okay to catch too, right? Like, yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm you with you. But if you're, you're right though, but I still remind people, although they might not get caught with that little wax or gel or whatever, because uh, they've, they've kept it in their bag and not put it in the one liter zip top bag, which is yeah, like and you're the size one of a bag too, not five. Yeah. Yeah, one medium size zip top bag. That's kind of what I like. A medium size freezer bag is would be kind of about the size. So you can shove it full of everything as long as it's not over 100 mils. And don't think that you can leave that one extra thing out because I have seen it taken out so many, so many times. And yeah, sometimes you'll get it through, like you said, but a lot you won't. One of the other things I noticed on the flights that I was taking because I was taking so many in such a short time. Uh, my, my carry on, we did carry on as a family, all of us for a, you know, 10, 10 night trip. Uh, and it was a long, uh, kind of convoluted trip going, knocking off bucket lists really quickly, seeing the pyramids and seeing Petra and then ending in Istanbul. It was interesting that uh, my carry on luggage all for all four of us packed in the perfect size was weighed only once out mm. of the six flights. Um, but it was a reminder to me that, you know, if you think that you can take on a carry-on bag and it's the right size, but you've got heavy books in it, yeah, you're out. You're going to be SOL. Like, you're not going to get that on, um, yeah. especially because so many people are uh, are carrying on these days. They don't want, especially if it's a connecting flight, they don't want to lose their luggage. And we saw the chaos last summer. I'm sure it's going to be better, Shane, than, than it was this past summer. Lots of the airports um, have, have staffed up. The airlines have staffed up. But you know what? It's still a risk for some people that they're not worth uh, willing to take. So you've got to check the sizes. And because you mentioned things, you know, every airport's different, but every airline is different on the, the sizes and the weights. My carry-on for WestJet does not accept it for a carry-on for Air Canada. So I That's, learned that. Yeah. But be yeah. charming and be kind, and and they will usually let you through. And and remember, if you have a small ta air taxi somewhere in your travels, they're going to weigh you and your bag before you get on the plane. That's also worth noting too. Um, Claire, can you just give us a, a quick, you know, 30 second of this last trip? Cause it was quite an impressive trip. Where'd you go? Yeah. So um, we ended up going first to Cairo and we did three nights in Cairo and of course saw the pyramids um, and the museum of antiquities. It was amazing. Then we flew from there to Amman, Jordan, which the Royal wedding, if you follow um, uh, Jordan, the, the King and Queen's eldest son. So the heir to the throne was getting married he got married actually this past Thursday. So we were there just about a week before. So it was really festive and beautiful. And, and Amman was really um, amazing. But 
seeing Petra through the canyon, which is called the Seek, and seeing the treasury, which is what you see first, which is this amazing carved building into the into the rock. It was breathtaking, like nothing I've ever seen. Um, and I had just seen the pyramids, which again had the lump in my throat. I was so grateful to be seeing it. And then from Amman, we flew to Istanbul and we were actually there for three nights. So all three cities for three nights. Um, but we were there during the election and it happened on one of the, the nights we were there. And as a family, we just took a precaution and decided to eat at the hotel. And it was, I think, you know, a, a safer bet, um, but all was peaceful. There were fireworks and it seemed all fine, but um, it was a whirlwind, unbelievable trip, but proof that you can knock off bucket lists. It was felt a little bit like the amazing race a couple of days, but overall amazing. Love it. Claire Newell, Travel Best Bets. If you have a place you want to go, go to start at that website, learn more, and reach out to the team there. They'll help out too. Thanks so much, Claire. Thanks so much for having me, Shane. This is The Shift Podcast. We had a bit of a, a controversy this weekend that spilled over from the show uh, on Thursday because Ryan made some comments about uh, hot dogs and all these things. And uh, I don't even really know if I remember how it started. We had talked about it in, it, was it, are you okay? We, we didn't even have an are you okay with it. We were talking about, I'm pretty sure, donuts. And then Trucker Dan texted, does Ryan uh, put ketchup on his donuts too? Right. And then it's in yeah. a spiral of days upon days of texts about ketchup and the slander against it. Yeah, well, against you anyway. And yes, you and um, it was mostly against me. <laughs> right, Nighthawk Steve and your love for ketchup. So okay, so then Angel from Hamilton posts a picture of a hot dog that says it's a meme that says you can add three toppings to this hot dog. What are y'all adding? This is, by the way, is what the uh, the the Shiftheads community is like on a weekend. It's it's playful, it's fun, and it all happens on the Facebook group. Um, so some of the comments. Um, thumbs up, thumbs down, Jono, you too. Uh, because Jono, you missed this and you're lucky when you were on vacation that you missed this whole thing because <laughs> it was terrible. Um, okay. Uh, you can add three toppings to this hot dog. Here's some of the comments. Sarita said mustard and raw onions to a hot dog. Thumbs up yes. from Ryan. Thumbs up from John. Missing, wow. It's missing one ingredient, but yes. Yeah, of course. Um, Tim, uh, concurs says that's perfect. Some thumbs up passed around there. Uh, Glenn McConnell says mustard, relish, and cheese. Um, Derek from Edmonton, uh, mustard, onions, and sauerkraut. That got a couple of responses to sauerkraut. Uh, uh, Brian uh, says ketchup, mustard, relish, classic. Um, Ms. Josie, ketchup on a hot dog is nothing but... Plain and simple old-fashioned communism is the meme. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, then Miss Josie says, mustard, pickle spear, onions, halfway to a Chicago dog. Stop the spread of bad taste. Jeanette's funny. Stop the spread of bad taste. It has a ketchup bottle and a hot dog, and they must stay six feet apart. Keep ketchup six feet away from hot dogs. Then there's another meme. You want ketchup? No hot dog for you. <laughs> so th like this, this goes on and on and on and on. Now, Ryan, you totaled these up. What did it look like? Oh, barbecue sauce I... and raw onions. Ugh. 
yes yeah, so there were some interesting ones i i don't know this really inspired me i uh i did math i i used some math math some big maths to calculate the most common hot dog toppings from our audience based on a percentage of how many people put it on their hot dog. So I went through all the comments, added it up, and I was shocked, shocked to see that only 15% of shift heads put ketchup on their hot dog. Because they're smart. That's it? My roommate agrees. He's like, what the heck are they talking about? Uh, it's bizarre to me. Um, now, this is not a surprise now after the slander. 66% of you put mustard on your hot dog. 66 mm -hmm. Also smart. This was high. I was really surprised to see that 27% put relish on. I very rarely put relish on. I think it's okay, but 27 it's is, is higher. Yeah, mm -hmm. just put a fresh pickle. Uh, the next most common ingredient was raw onions at 48%. And I agree that every hot dog, if you have the opportunity to put onions on it, you should put onions on it. Mm. And then at 15%, we had sauerkraut. So a couple yeah. of people like There's the sauerkraut. Yeah, quite a few. And Noella then, also on a sauerkraut. Yeah, so there there is a time and a place for the kraut. And there are some other notable toppings here that uh, not more than one person said, but still worth mentioning. I will admit that I used to do this as a kid. Cheese Whiz. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Cheese Whiz and ketchup on a hot dog. Yep. We had mayonnaise. Not sure if I would put mayo on a hot dog. Not sure. Oh, no. Uh, one person just said straight up a chili dog. Which chili, like, yeah. If you could chili have a chili onions, dog cheese. every time, there was a few chilies option. on there. And then a whole pickle instead of relish was the mm. other interesting one that I picked out of the bunch there. What got me the most was red onion, was pretty very particular, preferably yeah. red onion. And sauerkraut was particularly popular. I had no idea. Like on a sausage, sure, but not on a yeah. wiener. On a wiener, right? yeah. Yeah. So uh, what do you put on your hot dog? 877 399 9898. Uh, sour. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Come on, dude. There's no that's... way. Okay. That's way <laughs> too fancy. Definitely... Yeah. We're definitely looking at the same one. Uh, you read it? yeah. Sauerkraut, white truffles and smoked scallops. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's not, maybe, maybe it tastes good, but like, I know what I'm getting when I eat a hot dog and it's not for the, it's not for the price. Well, it is for the price. It's for the cheap price. Uh, there's another text that comes in. I'll acknowledge you now. Uh, hey, shift. You're the shift, Shane. <laughs> Tomorrow's my 37th birthday. Could you sing happy birthday? Uh, you know what, Jeremy? That's awesome. Happy birthday to you. Uh, out of respect for everyone else's ears, I will say <laughs> happy birthday to you. And uh, uh, if that's okay. So, sorry. I'm going to, I, I want to have people listen, Jeremy. And my singing is not of that caliber, but I will say happy birthday. And uh, it's a Puss in Boots movie party. So happy birthday, Jeremy. I certainly hope you enjoy your party. Uh, maybe I'll have hot dogs. Uh, maybe on your hot dogs, you can do this. Daryl says mustard, olives, jalapenos on a vegan hot dog. Daryl. Interesting. What, what type of olives? That's a key thing there. Because if it's black olives or green olives, that's going to change it up quite a bit. Um, but no yeah, olives. That it, yeah. Olives is what sticks out with a vegan hot dog comment for you. I've had a vegan hot dog. They're surprisingly. Why, ah, why not? There's. I live in. You have to think. I live in the most hipster neighborhood in this entire city, and there's a mm. lot of vegan restaurants. And it's kind of like they're banking that you're going to try it out of curiosity. So you do, but and no. you go, "Oh, that's all right. It's dumb. I'm not going to have like it again." It's like for the burger. Just to go have a portobello mushroom, 
season yeah. it, put it on a bun, and call it a burger. Like you, why yeah. do you have to have some sort of chemically infused, genetically modified veggie blend? Everything we eat is chemically modified. I'd, I'd, I'm so some more than that. others, true, but true. some more than others. Uh, red onions, not Spanish onions. Very clear on that one. Hmm. Um, yeah, I prefer the Spanish onion personally. I prefer the white onion. This hot dog is a Windy City classic and a big favorite with sports fans. The frank must be all beef. The bun must be poppy seed. Ingredients must mm. be piled onto the bun in a specific order. Whatever you do, don't spoil the splendor of the Chicago dog with ketchup. <laughs> Love it. Ooh, Nancy. Ryan. This is sharp, Nancy. Ketchup okay. is for children. What the heck? I saw another one that said if you're under 15, you get a free pass. I take that incredibly, very personally. Ketchup, look, yes, for children, your palate, sweet things taste better when you're younger. Yes. I just... I don't see a reality where I, I start to not like ketchup because I get older. Or maybe I'm just perpetually a child. I do also buy Lego. So maybe she's got a point there. Maybe. Yeah, could be a good maybe. point. I said to Ryan, I'm like, dude, this is the, really, we're going to talk about hot dogs. Ryan got really excited. Okay, so there was a story. Uh, if you know Goop, it's the website, Gwyneth Paltrow's thing. They used to, they'll sell you anything. They'll sell you magic toenail fungus that comes in the form of a crystal that you carry in your pocket. Um, they'll sell you anything. And people will buy anything, Ryan. They will literally buy anything. They sold a candle that says, uh, this smells like my vagina is what it was called. And they did. And so, um, somebody wanted to prove all this wrong. And what did he do? Tell me the story. Imagine this. You're about to go see the first goop conference in Vancouver. It's 2018. Life is easier. It's simpler. And as you're about to walk into this conference, you see a man dressed in a hot dog costume and he's selling what he claims to be a keto hot dog, mm. a keto diet mm -hmm. option. And he sells it for a ridiculous what? amount with a nice little extra taste of uh, goopness, shall we call it? Well, keto, a hot dog would be keto, I think. Yeah, if you ignore the you know processed toll. So yes, it is keto, but... Uh, yeah, it's a brilliant joke. Should we jump into it here? You want me to? Yeah, it, I just keep going. It? You yeah. tell this part of the story. You go ahead. Yeah. Okay. So he <laughs> he was selling keto compatible hot dog water, weenie water soup, as my uncles called it, which they told me they once actually made because they were so broke. <laughs> yes, this guy sold hot dog water at Gwyneth Paltrow's Vancouver Health Summit, and it was without a doubt amazing. It's a miracle health product. Yeah, it's made from boiling hot dogs. Yeah, it's kind of like the new coconut water. You heard that correctly. Hot dog water. At $37.99 a bottle, the salty liquid comes with the promise to promote weight loss and increase brain activity. It's the creation of Vancouver artist Douglas Bevins. It's, it's not goop. It's the whole healthy lifestyle kind of quackery that exists in this era. Celebrity endorsement and bogus products. I think we're, we're all susceptible to, to targeted marketing and all these things that, that we weren't 50 years ago. Bevins set up his hot dog water display in Stanley Park, though, outside the first Goop Summit ever to be held in Canada. 
Hello. Founded by Gwyneth Paltrow in 2008, Goop, now a $250 million company, promotes wellness and lifestyle. It has been criticized for pushing products and treatments with no scientific evidence and was fined $145,000 for over-promoting products for women. The jade egg is an ancient um, Chinese practice where women insert the jade egg in their lady parts. Right. Gwyneth has recommended allowing bees to sting your face as a kind of therapy, and a woman actually died using that therapy. So it's potentially physically harmful. It sort of uh, contributes to this erosion of critical thinking. I don't know how else to tell you guys this, and we really can't smell them over here. This is public, though. There was plenty of security. We weren't allowed in. So what was the big draw? A lot of learning. There's uh, panels throughout the day with, uh, you know, a varied varied experts, I guess, on all spectrums, all sides of spectrums, and so a lot of education on health and wellness. Anybody interested in any hot dog water? Wow. Okay, so people bought the hot dog water, and they paid 37 some odd bucks for it, and that is legitimately a thing um, from from that. Uh, that. Okay, um, go ahead. Yeah. He sold one bottle, and he says that he gave away about 60 liters of samples of hot dog water to people coming and going from the festival. So people were willing to try it. Yes. So there you go. Although we may not agree with Ryan and his love affair for ketchup, at least we're not doing that. This is the Shift Podcast. Are you... Are you... Are you... Okay. 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 Are you okay with... So putting up my uh, typo button, make sure we're already here to get going. Uh, these are some fun little stories that make you ponder. You can share your thoughts, 877-399-9898. Are you okay with Duck Hunt? You know, uh, I've never, ever, ever played it. I never had the zapper, like for the NES, and I never oh, had yeah. an NES. So I never got a chance to point the, you know, the toy I gun. I still don't TV. understand how that worked. Not, yeah, I, I don't either. Uh, it's, it was so, it must have been so wild to be a kid in what, 1982, I think is when the NES came out and being able to have that interaction in your home instead of actually at the arcade. So one of the reasons why it, it sold so well. And uh, I don't even know if it was, um, uh, I don't even know when it, like in video games, I don't remember them being in arcades, that kind of game that early, right? Like it was, it was, because that's what the game was. But mm-hmm. um, 1983, July 15th, Nintendo console NES yeah, was released. Yeah. yeah, so it took a while for it to get it spread around, of course. 1985, um, American Test Markets. a redesign, The redesigned version that we all know today was 1985 in North America. Cool. Cool. Um, yeah, no, it was a fun game. It was a strange game. You didn't know how it worked. It was like magic on the TV because it was a gun that recognized your TV. And those were old, big old TVs back in the day. But if you played video games in the 80s, you probably would recognize this sound. So that was the sound of a dog barking. That's how terrible it was. <laughs> they did what they may do with what they could back then. They did. Yeah, with the well, you bits. P- probably remember the gun the zapper nintendo gave you a cool toy gun that lets you shoot ducks while you were on a hunt 
and you could go duck hunting. It was that simple. It seems a man from North Carolina kept that gun and used it for something else. He was arrested after being accused of using that, that very zapper, the duck hunt gun, to rob a business. Deputies said 25-year-old Joseph D'Alessandro allegedly robbed a convenience store in the Charlotte area around 5.45 p.m. on Tuesday last week. He was wearing a mask, a wig, and a hooded sweatshirt. D'Alessandro allegedly showed the clerk a fake gun, which had been painted, and took $300 from the register. Authorities say they found D'Alessandro down the street and arrested him with the gun. Of all the things. Of all the things. I mean, at least he didn't use a real gun, but... That would be if you're the bank teller and you find out he was robbing you with the duck hunt, I'd be mad at myself. No? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't But you're not supposed to. You're not even supposed to risk it, right? You're supposed to just. No, exactly. Give it a go and, and that's it. So I don't know. I don't think that that's a thing that you're supposed to do. You're not supposed to like fight with them or anything. Oh, definitely not. You're absolutely not supposed to. But at the same time, if you found out post, you know, that it was a duck hunt gun, you'd laugh and go, damn it. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Well, that's how. Do you remember Kane, um, the the bank robber, former bank robber, I should say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he he was on America's Most Wanted of all time, and he was here on the shift with us. But that was one of the reasons why he got off, is because he didn't ever threaten anybody. Kane Vincent Dye Dyer Dyer, yes, Kane, yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I that was the um, that was one of the reasons why he he did time. But he didn't do crazy amounts of time because he didn't threaten anyone with a gun. I don't think it was a real gun. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Neat story. Uh, yeah. So, by the way, uh, don't rob things. Stick them up. Uh, especially with the, you know, like something as archaic as the, I mean, the cord probably would have been a good sign that it wasn't real. But you never know in today's world. There's probably like an electric gun somewhere. Um are you okay with? Oh, we're moving from ducks to swans. It's like a bird day here, eh? Mm. Right? Oh. So we're doing the birds on the shift. That's kind of nice. I don't know if I have ducks. Probably. I do. feel like you have ducks. You have a small zoo in your little book of sounds there. I do. There they are. Are you okay with swans? Well, I mean, they're pretty. They're pretty, and they're a lot like cobra chickens, Canadian geese, but the difference is that swans won't outright attack you. If you get too close, though, they are mean. I've, I've, only, I've, I've rarely encountered a swan, but when I went to England, when I was uh, in like grade eight, we went to Stratford, which is where Shakespeare's from, and there's this beautiful river, the Avon River. And there's hundreds of swans that all like to lounge around there by the theater. And it's like, it's very pomp. It's very nice. It's beautiful. Thespian swan. Yes. And we were on this barge and we got too close to a swan. And that thing looked me dead in the eye. And I thought it was going to hop over and bite me for just being there. But he didn't. Mm. And so, you know, I respect the swan. I would much prefer swans over the geese easily. Mm. Though. Mm. Uh, they're beautiful. Aslo, very aggressive. It's a typo. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Some people really love swans. I mean, they're pretty. A swan in New York State was actually owned by a local village, uh, or at least it was. Three teenagers have been arrested after they allegedly stole a swan prized by its community in upstate New York. Then they killed it and ate it over Memorial Day weekend. According to police, the teens thought that they were hunting and that Faye was not a swan, but a large duck. 
They believed that it was just a very large duck. They did not know that it was a swan, and they did not know that it was not a wild animal, that it was actually um, owned by the village Manlius. Manlius police say that there is video of the teenagers committing the crime, but they're still trying to obtain a physical copy of that video for the investigation. The mayor of Manlius says the caretaker is taking care of the babies. Right now, the, he's taking care of the four signets. He will take care of those probably for another six weeks because they're not ready to, to be put back into the, the pond yet um, to live on their own. As for the father swan, Manny, his days at this pond will also be numbered. After losing a mate, he could become aggressive when the babies are reintroduced to the pond. A biologist working with the swans will also work with local leaders on finding a new home for Manny. As for the teens, they face charges for trespassing, larceny, mischief, and conspiracy. Conspiracy? Um, can they not do like a... Negligence? You're dumb. Yeah. Crime? I don't know. No. Why would you, why would you kill a swan? Like, if even if you're like in a rural community and you're hunting, uh, swans are not really a like. But they were shooting kind of animal. They were in town. That too. Like, it's just this is aggressively stupid. And and, and you could go to a butcher and get, you know, just buy one. And and sure, maybe you want to you know live off the land, but also it's not your land. <laughs> you're going in town yeah, to kill a swan. Yeah, like there's it's so many wrong decisions here. Well, yeah, nothing about this was any sort of notion of natural grandeur, for sure. Um, these are dumb. Uh, NBC News, by the way, with a report, the mayor said measures are being put in place to ensure the future safety of the swans, including security cameras around the pond. Ay, ay, ay. I, never mind. Are you okay <laughs> with? I was having a little argument with myself. Yeah. Cupcakes. Oh, uh, who doesn't love a cupcake? I I love a cupcake. I I would always prefer a cake, but you know, uh, cupcakes are fine. You know, nothing mm -hmm. wrong with a cupcake. I don't like when uh, when they're too small. Like if you go to Crave or a local bakery and they have those gargantuan cupcakes with all the layers of the icing on top, that that's the good stuff. Do you do it like the muffin top? Do you peel off the top? Like, do I peel off the actual, like, layer of... of well, the of muffin goods? top. Like, they, people, there's a method of eating a muffin where you peel off the top, just the muffin yeah. top, and then people will eat the muffin top separate from the muffin bottom. In fact, you can go to the store and buy just muffin tops. Uh, no, I I eat it no normally. I've never tried that. I Look, I won't knock it till I try it. That's, but, no, I, I do not remove the top of the of the cupcake. I just John, open my mouth and when you're eating a cupcake it. or a, a muffin, do you peel the top off? No, no, I really? eat the entire muffin <laughs> as it is. And even with cupcakes, I just eat it as it is. You I, guys I don't... are abnormal. Normal people what? peel the top off. What? Yeah, yeah really? peel the top off. Yeah, and then there's always this, uh, this raging battle of what do you eat first. Pe people who love them eat the bottom first because it's good, but it's not great. And then you eat the top because it has the icing on it. Because it's better. It's like the, it's the top half way. and the bottom of a bagel. I understand the logic here. I do. It's just strange to me. It's way less of a serious conversation than bagels, though, just to be clear. Yes. It's very important. Very. Last week, we shared the story of a bear that broke into a bakery and ate a whole lot of cupcakes. 
A hungry bear found a sweet spot to chow down in Connecticut. It broke into the loading garage of a bakery in Avon. <laughs> Workers say the bear took a box out into the parking lot and devoured around 60 cupcakes. One of the employees got into a car and started honking the horn to scare the little guy off. Eventually, he left, but with a full, full belly. 60 cupcakes. Whoa. 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 Why do they have to, like, you know, do them like that? They did them a little dirty there. Like, oh, yeah. the little guy. Can't you just call him a big fella and make him feel good? You know? He was chunky. Big, scary he bear. Big, he was a big bear. It's uh, CBS News there. Well, it looks like that bear has ruined the party for every other bear. Connecticut lawmakers voted, lawmakers voted Friday to take steps to protect people from the state's growing bear population. According to Insider, the legislation allows someone to use deadly force to kill a bear in bakeries. No, I'm just kidding. In Connecticut, <laughs> if they reasonably believe uh, it's inflicting or about to inflict great bodily harm to a person, a pet, or entering an occupied building, uh, which is scary in the States because I'm guessing most people have a gun in their pocket. The State Department of Energy and Environmental Protection, deep, deep, which estimates yeah. there are 1,000 to 1,200 bears in the state, has advocated for a limited bear hunt, according to deep, uh, bears entered residential homes 67 times in 2022. You realize that's not because of the bears. That's because humans move to where bears are. Are are stupid, yes. Um, and I it's it's weird because I know in Alberta, if you shoot a grizzly bear, it is a fine of a hundred thousand dollars and two years in jail. Yeah. It is a serious, serious offense. And so, but if there's a, if there's a population and you need to call to bring it into control, that's one thing, but these are bears. They're not raccoons or like possums. They're bears. Yeah. Maybe just move. Maybe I would say space. if you have a bear into your place and you have food left out, then I think that's your fault. Yes. Right. I feel like there should be some sort of punishment where like you have to go hang out with a bear for a day. A hungry one. <laughs> Get to understand it. Yeah. yeah. Live in yeah. its den. Walk I in its we, paws. Right. I don't know. Um, I just, I guess I'm not, not keen on killing animals, you know, unless you absolutely <laughs> have to. <laughs> yeah, of course not. Thanks for listening to the Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca.